All right, welcome back to another enlightening episode of Mindful Media and Communications here as part of the Funket Pod Savadi Cup. And glad you're back. In today's episode, we are diving a little bit deeper into the fascinating topic of media influence on mental health. Yeah, why? Because if you remember last episode, we talked about like the intro to the topic of mindful media communications. So today we're just going to dive a little bit deeper into it. And I think mental health is just so important. We need to talk about it, right? So I hope you're prepared to uncover some hidden connections between our digital lives and the well-being that we experience. Yeah, I'm your host, I'm Sasha, you know it. And together we're going to explore the impact of social media on our mental health. We're going to discuss the rise of digital addiction because that's a thing, unfortunately. And we share practical tips at the end for maintaining a healthy relationship with social media. By no means is this meant, again, to hate on social media or anything like that, right? You know, I work at university. I teach those things. I research in this area and new media studies and so on. So I'm all for it, but I'm for a mindful consumption of the media. So let's jump right into it, okay? We know, of course, that social media has become a very integral part of our lives. That's no rocket science. That's no breaking news. Yeah, it offers us a platform to, to connect, to share, and to engage with others, which is great. However, it's also impacting our mental health. And that's a topic I believe needs way more attention than that it's getting. The research suggests that excessive social media use can contribute to feelings of inadequacy, anxiety, and depression. And the pressure to present a perfect life like fueled by like carefully curated posts and idealized images can create like something of a distorted perception of reality, maybe even a hyper-reality. Yeah, additionally, this constant exposure to others' highlight reels or TikToks and so on may lead to what we call social comparison and that notorious fear of missing out, the FOMO, right? So I'm more of a JOMO guy if, if I would have to put myself in a category, but you know FOMO, that fear of missing out, it's still a thing. So it's important to recognize these influences and, of course, develop strategies for maintaining a more healthy mindset while navigating this, this crazy social media landscape, okay? And to do so, I'm going to give you a few examples, share a few ideas, tips, maybe even, and I hope in the end you also let me know what you're doing, okay? And one of the, the, the topics that's really close to my heart in this regard is digital addiction. Yes, because the rise of digital addiction is an alarming consequence, I believe, of our ever-connected world. And the thing is, like I said earlier, I'm all for it. Connections are great. Technology is great. Media is great. But it's 24-7 being connected leads to a huge addiction problem, in my opinion. As social media platforms, they are engineered to captivate our attention and to keep us scrolling for hours on end. Like, what they want is our time, our data, our information, so that the longer we scroll, the better for them, right? So this, this dopamine rush that we experience with each and every notification, each and every sound notification, red bubble that pops up or whatever uh, you have there, yeah? And that fear of missing out on new posts from people that you like, people that you follow, the people that you aspire to be like, this all contributes to addictive behaviors. 
Okay. Also, like the excessive screen time and the inability to disconnect from that screen can have profound effects on our mental health. Yeah, I'll give you an example from my personal life in just a second, but there are studies that have shown correlations between high social media use and increased feelings of loneliness, depression, and sleep disturbances. Yeah, furthermore, there's like this phenomenon called fapping that's been a thing like a few years ago, but it's still happening, um, where individuals prioritize their phones over in-person interaction. And this can erode social connections and, of course, also can contribute to feelings of isolation. So it's really crucial to recognize those signs of digital addiction and take steps to regain control over our media consumption habits. So I, I promise I give an example, right? So one would be, um, before I went into academia, I worked in digital marketing and agencies. And I was online basically 24-7, okay? And I was not healthy, like not physically, nor mentally. I, I felt terrible all the time. I only ate like fast food to drown out. It's like, oh, I feel so bad. Um, I, I need to stay up with the latest trends. I need to know everything and so on. And eventually I, need, I needed to set some boundaries. I'm like, okay, after 8 p.m., after 9 p.m., I'm not answering anything anymore. And I'm going to go sit with my friends, play some sports with my friends. I used to play a lot of squash back then, for example. Um, and I had to drown out this noise of fear of missing out. Or you could, of course, also just set screen times, right? Like on your iPhone, for example, it will tell you how much time you spend on your screen. You can set like a screen time limit, for example, more than just in a second. Um, but if you're honest, we all ignore the limit all the time. Right? Even if there's a notification like, hey, you spend that much time, you can ignore it, right? So ah, those are all things you need to talk about. So having said, we need to talk about those strategies for maintaining this healthy relationship with social media. And like mitigating this negative impact that we just talked about of social media on our mental health that requires some real intentional efforts and strategies. What I just said earlier, right? Setting those boundaries is a real important key to maintaining a healthy relationship with social media. So yeah, establish specific time limits for usage. Don't just ignore it. Uh, designating tech-free zones, for example, or tech-free periods can help to create like a real healthy balance between the digital and the real world. Yeah, if, if I go out with my millennial friends, for example, we all put our phones on a table and no one touches it for the two, three, four hours that we're together, for example. Yeah, so those tech-free periods slash zones can really help. Additionally, you might want to practice some digital detoxes that take breaks from social media for, for a day, for a weekend, even longer if you can. Again, I'm not saying you should leave social media for good. Take a break and when you come back, you use it more mindfully, more intentionally, rather than just scrolling. This all can provide an opportunity for your mental health and also emotional rejuvenation, which we all are in the need for once in a while, I believe. So mindfulness plays a real significant role in promoting like a healthier relationship with social media and with yourself. So by practicing mindfulness, we become more aware of our thoughts and emotions that are triggered by social media, which allows us to navigate this, this crazy, beautiful digital landscape with more intentionality. Moreover, uh, engaging in offline activities, of course, um, also fosters more meaningful connections and provides a nice counterbalance to this 
crazy fast-paced virtual world and hence contributes to your overall well-being. Yeah, so those are really things I think we should do more intentionally, really more actively. It's no rocket science. We all know it. We're just not doing it. So being more mindful about it can be like a real, a real booster for your mental health. Yeah, I gave you examples already, but like I think some of the, the classic examples, right? I'm just going to make up some names, but like if you imagine like a college student, let, let's call her Sarah, right? Sarah is like constantly comparing her life to those super carefully curated images on social media. This then leads to feelings of inadequacy, low self-esteem, and so on. So what should Sarah do? Sarah should use self-reflection, maybe getting some support from either professional or from friends and develop strategies to limit her social media use, for example, and focus more on her own accomplishments, her own enjoyments, and prioritize self-care. Okay, so that's what, what she should be doing. May, or, or take Mark, making it up, right? Like a working professional. He's recognized that social media is very addictive. He's always online. He needs to know everything, and it impacts his productivity and his mental well-being. So he, Mark, should implement his own specific time restrictions, for example, and maybe engage in activities that bring him joy, go to a concert, play some sports, something that, that brings you fulfillment, which will then result in improved focus, a better work-life balance, greater sense of ful fulfillment, and so on. So those are just a few real-life examples that hopefully demonstrate that awareness and proactive measures um, help us individuals to regain control over our social media usage that can cultivate healthy relationships with technology and lead to a better mental health. Okay, you can see or you can hear from my voice probably that I'm really into that because I think it's just that important. Now, if you if you re reflect on what we just did, right? You know, just just take a take a moment to reflect on your own social media habits and how they impact your mental health. Maybe you don't follow the Kardashians, right? Great, we know all oh, those just fake influencers, but maybe you follow like a fitness influencer, a tech influencer, an entrepreneur. You follow Gary Vee and whatnot, and you're like, oh my God, I want to be like them. Hmm. So have you noticed any patterns or effects with the people that you follow? So what steps, ask yourself, can you take to foster a healthy relationship with social media, with any kind of media for that matter? If you, if you want to, it would be really cool to hear your thoughts and experiences in the comments, either in, on social media or maybe like right here on, uh, when, if you listen on Spotify, in the Q&A section um, at the end of the podcast. So I hope that made sense to you. And yeah, this short part now already concludes the exploration of media influence on mental health for today. We probably will have a more detailed rundown in the future. I'm trying to get some experts also on the pod, but I just found uh, thought this topic is so important. I wanted to talk about it right away when kicking off um, this new segment of the of the podcast because, like I said, I find it just that crucial to talk about. So remember, um, yeah, try to be mindful media consumers. We have the power to shape our own digital experience and to prioritize our own mental well-being. It needs to be a, a decision that we that we mindfully um, take. Okay, make. So by being aware of the impact of social media, recognizing digital addiction, and practicing mindful media consumption, we can navigate this crazy fast-paced and beautiful digital landscape 
with intention and also create a healthy relationship with technology. Okay, as always, uh, thank you for tuning into the Funkipod and Mindful Media and Communications. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a review. That would be that would be fantastic. And share with others who might benefit from our discussion. It would be cool if that helps someone. So, yeah, having that said, stay mindful, stay resilient. Yeah, don't, don't, don't give in to all the FOMO out there. And join me next time when we continue the journey into the captivating world of media and its impact on our lives. Until then, somebody cup. I'm not